Welcome to the School Leaders Podcast. My name is Dr. Gastrit Harrigan, the podcast for current and emerging school leaders, those who support and supervise them. You will hear from passionate educational leaders who are transforming their schools, communities, and creating positive outcomes for students. I will also share my personal reflections and tips from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and leadership practices. Hello, welcome to the School Leaders Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Gashet Harrigan. Today, we, uh, before we get started with this episode, I wanted to encourage all of our listeners to join the School Leaders Podcast community on Facebook. Yes, you can continue uh, our conversation there on Facebook. So join our community and join the conversation. Today, I have a special guest, Dr. Shanessa Fenner. She's an elementary principal. She was also a middle school principal. She's a writer for over 16 publications. That is awesome. Uh, Dr. Fenner is also a print model, motivational speaker, actress, and has her own TV show, The Broncos Exchange, on Channel 7. She's a former radio personality on KISS 107.7 FM. And I've had her own radio show entitled Real Talk with Dr. Shanessa Fenner and was also a co-host of a radio show called I Teach. Dr. Fenner is also an adjunct professor and a licensed insurance agent. Dr. Fenner was Principal of the Year finalist for her school district in 2021 and 2022. Join me in welcoming Dr. Fenner to the School Leaders Podcast. Hi, Doc. How are you today? It's a beautiful day today, and uh, I'm just honored to get a chance to really glean from you and learn from your many years of experience. Thank you, and I'm such an honor to be on your show as well. Thank you. Awesome. Before we get started, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I am Dr. Shanessa Fenner. I'm currently in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I have been in education for 27 years. Um, I attended um, North Carolina Central University, where I obtained my Bachelor of Arts degree. I, um, of course, stayed there for a little while and taught first and second grade as a teacher. And then gastric, I got homesick, so I decided to move back to Fayetteville. I um, finished my first master's degree, which is a Master of Arts degree at Fayetteville State University, all the while while teaching first and second grade at an elementary school. And then I decided one day, when my assistant principal came up to me and told me about the North Carolina Principal Fellows Program. I said, mm, that sounds interesting. So I decided to apply, applied, got in, graduated in two years with my second master's degree, which is the Master of School Administration degree. I became a middle school assistant principal for four years. And then the last year of me being an assistant principal, um, I decided that I wanted to work on my doctorate degree. So the last year of me being an assistant principal, I started working on my doctorate degree. I then became a principal. I've been a principal now. And um, I then, of course, graduated and obtained my doctorate degree. Um, I'm also very, very highly active in the community. I do a lot of things. I have a TV show. Um, I'm a former radio personality. I currently write for over 16 publications. Um, I just do a lot of things. Um, just and I and I just love being active and being actively involved. I also talk with my babies at school as well about being actively involved and you know 
being a part of the community and helping others and encouraging others. But I am a very, very busy person. Um, in my free time, I love to take naps. As a matter of fact, I took a nap a few minutes before coming on the show. And um, I love to listen to music. I love music. Uh, and I'm also a songwriter. I love to write songs. But um, I just try to keep busy because I believe that an in, in idle mind is the devil's playground. So I'm always trying to stimulate my neurons. I like to do do a lot of things. I like to explore and do different things. I've been blessed in my life for people to come to me and say things like, hey, you want to be a host of a TV show? Hey, you want to be on the radio? Hey, you want to write for my publication? Hey, you want to be the spokesmodel for my hair company? So whenever opportunity knocks gastric, I open the door, baby, and I bust that door down. Okay. So to sum it all up, that is who Shanessa is. That awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to gleaning from your various uh, projects and, and work that you are doing. Before we jump into school leadership, um, as you know, my listeners are school leaders and, and emerging leaders. You know, I'm just curious, you know, um, you, you're you also, a, as you mentioned, a, a writer, songwriter, TV, TV host, uh, and you have your own show. Share a little bit about uh, the TV show and, and how people can connect and watch and, and listen to the show. Okay. Well, if right now they can go online and just um, go to YouTube and click on the Bronco Exchange or click on Dr. Shanessa Fenneran and some of the shows will come up. But I like to interview people in the community. I've also interviewed Congressman John Lewis years ago on the campus because the, the show was taped on the campus of Federal State University. I've also um, interviewed Congressman John Lewis. You can also pull that one up as well. Dr. Shanessa Fenner, Congressman John Lewis. That has been one of my most awesome shows with Congressman John Lewis. We talked about the black male. We talked about, um, I, and I asked them just very vividly. I said, why don't they like us? Why do they hate us so much? You know, I asked him that question because we were talking about racism and everything. And I just asked him, I said, why, why do white people hate us so much? You know, why do they hate us? You know, so we had a very deep and candid and honest conversation, you know, about the things that people don't want to talk about. Because I'm the kind of person, Gastrit, I like to ask those questions that make people uncomfortable because I want to know. So that was one of my most promising, most wonderful. And when you get a chance, Gastrit, please check it out. Just simply um, put into Google search, Dr. Shanessa Fenner, John Lew Congressman John Lewis, and it will pop up. But we had a very candid, very open conversation. But I love to talk about things like education. Um, different events that's going on in the community, different topics and everything, the different places in Fayetteville that you can visit and all. So it's, it's, it's been a plethora of things. We also have a few musicians here in Fayetteville that I have um, become great friends with. So they've been on the show as well, like Reggie Cogginton. He's a national um, recording saxophonist. So it's just a variety of things that I like to talk about and issues. But once again, I like to talk about those issues that people like to, you know, be, be quiet about and brush under the rug. And I think uh, that's very important that, uh, and thank God for people like you in this space to ask the hard questions, right? Those things that people think about and, but unwilling to ask. And I think all of us uh, will definitely benefit and glean from these things to better, especially uh, as a school leader, um, principal, 
uh, in the type of schools um, that you lead, uh, that I lead, to help make sure that we empower, inform, expose our students so that way they can have a broader future. Before we jump in, I know your daytime job is a school principal, and we're going to get into that. But, you know, I'm curious, while, while, I, while I was listening to you, a TV, TV host, you're, you're, you're a professor, you're a writer, you're song, you, you, uh, you do a variety of things. As a leader, how do you balance these various tasks to really, uh, how do you balance them and stay innovative and stay fresh um, and, and really be effective? I am excellent gastric at time management, okay? I mean, my time management skills are impeccable and I have learned to balance. Like, for example, when we finish recording, I will eat a snack and I have to type an article of a, of a person who I interviewed a couple of days ago for Sheen Magazine. I'll take some time and do that. And then I'll probably take me another little nap and then I'll eat me some dinner. You know, so I've learned how to to manage my time. Tomorrow I will do my laundry. Um, next week we only have school on Monday and Tuesday. So I won't do a lot of deep cleaning tomorrow. I'll just, you know, do a little laundry and all, you know. But the thing is, I have learned to manage my time. And remember, Gastric, when you love doing something, you find the time to do it. Okay. And I know people say, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do it. Yes. People find time to do what they want to do. And writing is one of my passions. And I love doing it. And the other things that you've listed as well, they're my passion. So I find time to do those. And I have excellent time management skills. And I think what you just said is key um, to all of our emerging leaders who wants to enter into the space and do some of this work. Time management is very important. Balancing and managing your time. Uh, is critical. And I think one of the most important two resources that we have is how we use and manage our time. So let's dive deep into school leadership. Uh, just share overall some of the lessons uh, that you've learned and you've gleaned, you've mastered that has become part of your repertoire over these 19 years as a school principal. I have learned first and foremost, Doc, is that you have to be authentic and transparent. Okay. Now I know Gastrich, you don't know me, but I am a very vocal person. I'm very honest. I'm very straightforward. I'm just straight up no chaser. Okay. And I am very authentic. The school that I'm principal of now, I've been there 10 years at this school. I've been principal Gastrich of four Title I schools. Okay. This is my fourth Title I school. I've been there 10 years and day one up to year 10 now, I've always been Shanessa. What you see is what you get. I have built great relationships with my staff. I had a staff member walk up to me the other day. Actually, she's my, one of my custodians and a bus driver. And we have a situation now going on with the bus drivers and all. And she walked up to me Friday. She said, Dr. Fenner, I just want you to know that I, I appreciate you. You not only support us professionally, but you support us personally. And I just want you to know, and I just want to say thank you. But I do. I support my people. We've built great relationships together. I love my babies. You'll hear me during this interview call my our students my babies or my sweet faces. You know, I built great relationships with them. We encourage them, uplift them, empower them. You know, on my morning announcements, I talk every morning about the end of grade test. We take an end of grade test and get in May, Gastrid, all third, fourth, and fifth grade babies. They know their principal. I tell them, Dr. Fenner wants level fours and fives. Yes, the level three is passing, but I want level fours and fives. We will exceed that growth. Yes, we're working on proficiency this year, but we're going to exceed that growth. I've also learned that you, when you don't have relationships, Gastric, 
it's going to be a problem. Okay. You've got to build healthy relationships, just like our teachers have to build those relationships with the babies. So the babies will know that they care and will perform and rise to their high expectations that they have. I've learned that. I've also learned that even though we have low parental involvement at my school, it is key to still encourage the parents to come in, have those parent workshops, invite them to curriculum night, um, our book fair. Um, last week, we had evening with Santa. You know, they even with Santa at the book fair, actually. OK, they came in last week. They went into the media center. They purchased things at the book fair. We had Christmas movies going and different craft activities on the tables. Um, and then we had Santa in the multipurpose room. I would come and get 10 at a time to come take pictures at Santa. When you came in, we gave you a number. So I would come back and say, OK, I want numbers one through 10 to follow me. We're going to go to the multipurpose room. You're going to take a picture with Santa. I even took a picture with Santa. I looked yesterday and my photo was in my mailbox. But, you know, we're just always doing things. We're having curriculum night. We're teaching parents how to help their students. Now, at my curriculum nights, Gastrid, not only do we tell you about the curriculum, we make sure the parent, of course, that evening plays the role. So when you come in, the parent plays the role of the, of the student. OK, so you sit down, of course, and the teacher's up there teaching one of those standards and teaching you, of course, the different strategies that the babies use, because now, you know, gastric, they don't use the same strategies that we were taught. OK, they have different strategies and different things that they use. And we do that so that the parents can learn. And therefore, in the evening, when the babies do their homework, they can teach the babies how to do their homework as well. I've also learned that um, you've got to advocate for your school's needs, whatever your school may need. You've got to advocate for it Ask central services for the resources, the money or whatever you need. You have to open your mouth because a closed mouth does, will not get fed. OK, and I've just learned, you know, those are some of the key things that I've learned. Now, also, I'm very big. I, I have high expectations. Gastric. Everybody knows Dr. Fenner has high expectations and she's not going to lower them. You're going to rise to her expectations. You know, one thing that I like to do at my school, Gastrid, I'm really big into multiplication. So the first day of school, every every year, I um, have my bookkeeper order all these multiplication cards. So on the first day of school, I go to every third, fourth and fifth grade classroom and hand each student a box of multiplication cards. I tell them I'm going to give you a couple weeks to start studying. And then every Friday, I'm going to come to each classroom. I'm going to flash you a multiplication card and each student has to give me the correct product. If you give me the correct product, I'm going to give you a lollipop. I do that every Friday. You ought to see them on Monday or Tuesday. Dr. Finney, you still coming Friday? I've been studying. Honey, last year, gastric our math scores were through the roof. But those are some of the little things. Now, it gets better than that because at my school, Gastric, we have the village concept, okay? Now, Gastric, when you and I went to school, we had the village concept. So right now, Shanessa's trying to bring the village concept back. Here's what we do at my school. When my babies get on the school bus in the morning, they get on the bus, they come to school. Before they get off the school bus, the bus driver flashes them a multiplication card, okay? All right? When you come to the front office to get another box of multiplication cards, because you may have lost yours, my secretary flashes you a multiplication card. OK, my head custodian walks around. He asks you a multiplication fact as well. OK, so see, we got the village concept. I got everybody involved. OK, with the multiplication facts at school. OK, it takes everybody it takes a village. OK, and I, agree, and, and I agree with you. It, it does take the village to really educate our kids. So let me ask you this, because you are correct. When we were in school, it was all about the village. 
And and the fact that you brought it back and, and you're doing a successful job at, you know, instilling it back into our community, I think is awesome. Now, how do you get the bus driver, the clerical, the custodial, everyone on board uh, with the multiplication card? What are some of the processes to, to get the buy-in from them? Um, they hear my passion. They know my passion. I say it every morning on the announcements, how we're going to exceed growth and only, hey, at WT Brown, we only produce winners. Boys and girls, when you take that um, that test in May, Dr. Brian, Dr. Brian is my um, assistant principal. Dr. Brian and I are expecting those level fours and fives. Yes, the level three is passing, but here at WT Brown, we will exceed growth. And at WT Brown, we only produce winners. I've gotten everybody to buy in because they know my passion. And since I've been there, we've had such tremendous growth and everybody sees, hey, you know, Dr. Fenner knows what she's doing. So that's how you get your buy in. Okay. So I looked up one day. I didn't even have to ask the bus drivers. They said, Dr. Fenner, we got some multiplication cards out the front office from Miss Alicia. We've been we, we, we've already started um, giving the boys and girls the, the multiplication cards when they get off the bus in the morning. OK. And then Miss Alicia and then they started up front when they come up to get more cards. They give them one. And then, like I said, my head custodian, when he walks around schools and sees the third, fourth, or fifth grade, he asked them a multiplication fact as well. So, hey, everybody's all about growing our babies, growing our sweet faces and making sure that they're prepared, hey, to survive in this this awesome world that we live in. And that's awesome because at the end of the day to move some of our schools, especially Title One schools to especially some schools that are really high need school, you, it's, it's critical to all of our listeners, to all of our emerging leaders and principals. It's vital to get the entire community from the bus driver to the custodian involved to make sure that we all are focused on one thing, which is student achievement. Uh, and that same note, you know, the past two to even four years now, school, school principals, School leaders have faced tremendous challenges leading schools. Um, you know, I'm sure in North Carolina, the challenge is the same way as it is here in South Florida. Uh, reflect and share some of the tips, uh, some of the strategies of how, especially new leaders, new principals, um, leading difficult and, and difficult communities in school, how can they really navigate um, these, you know, what are some of the tips for them to navigate these difficult schools and communities? Okay. Well, the first thing I like to do on my way to work in the morning, Gastrid, is I like to pray. Okay. I like to pray. I, I'm, I'm a praying woman. Okay. I had a praying grandmama and a praying great grandmama. Okay. So I pray. That's the first thing I do. Okay. Is I pray. I ask the Lord for strength and wisdom. Lord, give me the strength and wisdom to let, help me to make these decisions and also help me to remain sane. Okay. That's the first thing that I like to do. Okay. And the second thing is you've got to build these relationships with your staff members. You've got to let them know that you care. You've got to do those little things, you know, like when you have a staff member that goes to the hospital, you call them and check on them. Okay. When you have a staff member that does not feel, well, I had a staff member one morning. She thought she was having a heart attack. I met her at the fire department up there because she lives close to the fire department. What's in this the little area that we go to school? I met her up there at the fire department and I stayed with her until she was okay. All right. You know, you got to do those little things. You know, you've got to check on them. Um, speaking of checking on them, I also, there's another tip. You've got to worry about the mental health of your teachers. Okay. We talk so much about the mental health of students, Gastrid. I, I like to talk more about the mental health of my teachers. Okay. My teachers are very stressed out right now. They're overwhelmed. Right now, you know, I, I, they're counting down the hours into Tuesday. Okay. This is a very, very much needed break. Okay. We've been through a lot. The pandemic put a lot on us. You know, you know all about virtual learning. You know, virtual learning was a challenge within itself. Okay. We're trying to catch our babies up and get them to the level that they need to be. 
Okay. Also, you've got to make sure that you've got that united front and that cohesiveness at your school and that everybody understands their role and their expectations when it comes to these babies learning. Okay. Also, you have to make sure that your students understand their role as well. Okay. Because they're being held accountable, of course, for their learning as well. You've got to make sure everybody knows the expectations, what our goal is, what how we're going to get there, and to ask questions if they need any assistance. Now, this year, um, I acquired a whole nother school, um, which means that last year a school was closed down. So I have all of those kids. And then at another school, I got 80 of those kids. And then I had my own kids. OK, so I have 606 students this year in my building. I went from 200 to 606. OK, so I'm having to, you know, making sure that the babies navigate and, and know how we do things, know processes and procedures and protocol. We've been doing a lot of discipline lately, you know, so it's just it's just something I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fine tune and get everybody um, working from the same hymnal and singing from the same page. OK, so you have to make sure you've got that cohesiveness and everybody knows their role and how to execute it. And, and, and listen, that is key and uh, definitely inheriting other um, students from different school who probably were not used to your school culture and bringing them in. And and uh, there's one thing you said that really resonated with me, and it's a big thing for me, is really the teacher's mental health. Because oftentimes we ask about the babies, we ask about the kids, but uh, oftentimes leaders, school leaders, and uh, sometimes, including myself, we forget to really to check in on our teachers to really uh, ensure that they are doing okay. And, and, and like you indicated, that teacher who felt that maybe she was having a heart attack going over and, and checking on her, making sure she was okay until help uh, um, got there. You know, for, for what are some of the, besides checking in, and what are some of the other things that you do to ensure the mental health? I like to say, if you don't feed the teachers, they're going to eat the kids. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the things that you, you do to ensure that you you build their mental health and or you invest in them to make sure that they can, yes, the break is coming up and uh, yours is, I guess, this week. Mine is in about a week. Um, definitely teachers need that break. We all need it. But what are some of the things that leaders can do day to day, month to month, especially mm -hmm. when they return back in January to ensure that teachers really makes it and mental health wise, they're okay. I will continue to check on them and pull them one on one and have those conversations with them. Hey, are you OK? What do you need? Do you need any assistance? Also, we're going to we're going to um, we're in the process of going to this rage room that we have in our area. My my actually my social worker came up with it. She said, Dr. Fenner, we ought to plan to go to the rage room one evening and, and, and go in there. And, and, you know, there's a room that, you know, teachers can go in there and just test stuff up and get all their emotions and stuff out. So we're going to plan stuff like that. Also, I like to do little things for them, give them little gifts and give them little food and little things. And just sit and talk with them and do little, you know, group things together where we can, you know, have fun. Now, prior to the pandemic, Gastric, we would have we would play like bingo once a month and, you know, do little fun things. And, you know, people would bring snacks and all and have fun. But see, COVID just nipped all that in the bug. You know, you're not going to sit in there way and eating those COVID aerosols be flying everywhere. But, you know, those are the I'm sorry, <laughs> I told you I'm so vocal. But anyway, those are the kinds of things we used to do. But now, you know, like I said, we're going to start planning some more things now, even though the COVID rates are spiking back up at this time, Gastric. We're just going to still, you know, try to plan and do things. But the main thing, like I said, is to make sure that you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with them asking, hey, are you okay? Because we spend so much time with the social emotional learning on the babies. I like to spend the social emotional learning as well on the teachers as well.
And and I'm just gonna recap what you said. It's, it's very true. Whether you call yours um, rage room, we we have a cell room in our school, but. You are correct. Checking on teachers, school leaders are listening. Again, checking on your teachers, checking on your staff. Um, have some an area, uh, as Dr. Fenner indicated, hers is rage room, mine's a cell room, to really where te- teachers could come in and really rejuvenate. For us in the teachers' lounge, we have teas and 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 obviously coffees there, but uh, just create that whole environment where they have a moment where they can, uh, you know, declutter. They can really, you know, allow their stress to go down. For us, we also partner up with uh, different communities where, you know, they get free massage, free um, different things around health. And so to all of our school leaders listening, use the resources in your community to make sure that you take care of the health, mental health of your teachers and staff, because that's critical. If we, if we don't take care of the teachers, they cannot take care of our kids who are in front of them. Uh, Dr. Friend, Thank you for that. Yeah, Dr. Fender, for teacher leaders and emerging leaders, or even assistant principals that are considering moving into the principalship, what are a few tips or advice you would share with them for them to prepare and really make it to the principalship? Well, the first thing, Gastric, because it was so funny, I've, I've asked this question all of the time. The first thing is that the assistant principal has to make sure that they have an awesome relationship with their principal. Your principal is your cheerleader, your advocate, the person who's going to tell the superintendent, hey, my AP is ready. Okay. the second thing you need to do is to make sure that you ask a lot of questions. Don't sit there with the blank look or stare in your face. You raise your hand and you ask questions. Okay. you also want to make sure that any kind of anything that goes on in the school, you're getting the experience to be able to deal with it. Yes, there are going to be a lot of situations when you become a principal that you're not going to be familiar with, but you need to make sure that you put yourself into any situation that goes on. Also, you've got to make sure that you're that great instructional leader. You need to know that curriculum, know those standards, know how to unpack those documents, know what small group instruction looks like, sit in those PLCs, learn all that you can, spend plenty of time in the classrooms, making sure that's a positive environment, making sure that they're using those high yield strategies. I mean, you've got to know your stuff. Now, when you become a principal, will you know everything? No. John Dewey said you learn by doing. There's a lot of stuff you're going to learn by doing. OK, but see, here's the thing. Intelligence is not what you know. Intelligence is what you do when you don't know. OK, also, you need to make sure you have great mentors. OK, you need to have people that you talk to, people that you're able to vent with. Being a principal is a very challenging job. OK, and you've got to take care of your mental health as well. OK, you're going to have a lot of people coming at you different situations, things happen back to back to back to back. I mean, it's always something. And I remember one day, not too long ago at my school, um, we had a student who passed out on the playground. We called 911, the fire truck came, and then, you know, of course, the ambulance comes afterwards, okay? So this shows you, I felt like that day I was in the movie Final Destination, okay? So the fire truck pulls on the scene, goes to help my baby on the playground and then the fire truck catches on fire. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that day I was like, Oh my gosh, Shanessa, you're in, you're in final destination. I mean, it's, it's just, it's like stuff kept happening. So like I said, your mental, your mental being, well-being is, is also, you know, going to be tested. Okay. So those are some of the major tips that you're going to need to do. Also, um, a lot of assistant principals, some some of them think that whenever they first interview, they're going to immediately get a principal job. That may not be the case. Do not become discouraged. When it's your time, it's your time. And hey, what's for you? No man can take away from you. 
You know, thank you for that because, um, you know, oftentimes we interview for the first time when we think that's the job we're going to get. And what's for you is for you. Uh, for all of our assistant principal who um, didn't get their first um, job on their first interview, keep interviewing, keep uh, sharpening in, in, in your skills. But I would like to recap what you just said because I think it's important. It's important this emerging or assistant principals that you ask questions, you grow uh, at, throughout the day, throughout the schools you are serving in, uh, getting the right experiences, exposing yourself, expanding and stretching so that way you are growing. You said also becoming an instructional leader. And I think it's important. Oftentimes, if you work in a school like mine where, where uh, or Title I school, you can get caught up in just the discipline and just the operation. But at the end of the day, as a principal, you're not going to know everything, but you need to be an instructional leader. And, and I think that's very important. And you mentioned you mentioned mentorship is key. Growing um, is very important. So to all of you listeners uh, that are listening, it is very important that you, ex if you, especially if you want to make it to the principalship level, that you, um, uh, you know, uh, be strategic. I don't know about what you think about this. When I was an assistant principal, uh, I set up my own, uh, I used to call it periodic check with my principal where, where I would ask for 30 minutes uh, halfway through the year and toward the year, not for evaluation purposes. How am I doing? How am I growing? And what are one or two areas I can continue to grow? And I, th I, I find that to be very important when I was going through uh, as an assistant principal, I work at all the levels. Um, but one of the one of the things it was just to keep on growing, and I kept on getting supposedly phone calls that says, "Well, because you're doing a great job here, we're going to send you to this school that needs another assistant uh, <laughs> principal." Obviously, eventually, uh, I got a school, uh, and I've been there about eight, eight years, eight and a half years. But I think it's it's also um, leading the charge. You know, when my lead, when my principal said they were going to do X, Y, Z, I was in the background but I was leading that charge and growing, even though it may not be in an area of expertise or an area of strength for me, but I was going to continue to grow and continue to uh, expand, reading books, attending, um, you know, attending conferences, I think are very important to really yes, to continue to expand. Yes, they um, are. Yes, indeed. So thank you for sharing these valuable uh, tips. As we wrap up the interview, uh, share with us your favorite book or quote and, uh, and why. Okay. Um, Today I have right here, and I know they can't see it, but I've got Stephen Covey's the Le Stephen Covey, the leader in me, and I love Stephen Covey. You know, I love the seven habits of highly successful people, and I just love it so much because I I, I live by that, the seven habits and all, and I love anything that Stephen Covey has written, and I think it's there are principles and all that we need to really, really, really do and execute in education. So that would be my favorite book. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, I, I love his uh, his books. Um, he, I think he is an awesome writer and researcher. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Tell everyone who is listening how they can connect with you. Okay. I am on LinkedIn, um, Dr. Shanessa Fenner, and I'm on Twitter at Shanessa F. Thank you so much for coming on. And to all of our listeners, I am going to put uh, her LinkedIn info and Twitter handle on the uh, show notes so you could connect with Dr. Uh, Fenner. She's doing awesome things, um, uh, both locally and nationally. So I think definitely you could glean from all the work that she's doing. Again, thank you so much for taking time to come on the School Leaders Podcast. Have a good day. Thank you, Gastrin. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today. Please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and a comment. Share this episode with a friend and on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for leadership ideas and tips. Again, thank you for joining me today. Until next time.